This week's episode is sponsored by Smart Home. Looking to simplify your life? Whether it's planning your week or just remembering where your appointments are, Smart Home can help with that. They provide everything from personal assistance like Google Home or Alexa to automated lighting systems and security cameras like Ring for your home. Their products are affordable, easy to program devices that communicate over your home's existing wiring and over radio frequency signals. That means that your appointments are always remembered and that your house is always safe. As a thank you for listening to our podcast, you can use the discount code NERD10, that's N-E-R-D-1-0, at checkout for 10% off on their website, smarthome.com. You can follow them at Smart Home on Instagram and at Smart Home Inc. on Twitter. Hey, it's Miles Wesley, and you're about to listen to my interview on Pop Nerd Lounge. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the podcast for the creative soul. I'm your host, Steph Ham. Thank you for tuning in to another conversation with a fellow creative. If you enjoyed these discussions, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay tuned when our latest episode drops. My guest today is originally from Marble Falls, Texas, and he now resides in LA as a singer-songwriter. He made his TV debut in 2017 on the hit TV show, Boy Band. After his TV appearance, he released several singles. His latest one, Sober Up, is a collaboration with Jutes. Please welcome my guest, Miles Wesley. Welcome to Popner Lounge. My guest today is Miles Wesley. Miles, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, for real. <laughs> what was your experience with music like growing up? It's actually interesting because I feel like most musicians or artists have like a background, whether mom or dad played the piano or sang or something, but I didn't have... Either of that, I don't know. My family as as a whole didn't play music or, you know, dive in any of the instruments. We always had music around. I always tell people that my dad bought CDs like once a month. We'd go to Walmart and whatever was hot at the time, because that was a way to get music. He would just stock up, buy half a dozen CDs at a time or so and bring them home. And that's how we got whatever music was out at the time. How did you switch from being a pure listener to wanting to create music? It was it was a long process, really. I sang in a couple Christmas shows as a kid. You know, nothing that would really lead you to think I can do this as a full career. But funny enough, it was actually a friend of mine. His sister was on the computer one day when I was hanging out with him. And she she was watching a Justin Bieber video. And I was probably like 11 or 12 at the time. And I just thought that's like a dream of mine that I've always had, just being like young and being a musician or something or being an artist and having all these girls' attention. And I don't know, that was like the first time I had seen somebody close to my age doing what was a fantasy, not even really a dream, just something that didn't even seem achievable. And that's the catalyst of me wanting to be a singer and then that developing into an artist and then a songwriter and all that. But yeah. That was the moment I remember it very vividly. Growing up in a small town like Marble Falls, Texas, did that inspire you to relocate to L.A. to pursue your dreams? Definitely. Austin would be the nearest big town. But as far as opportunity goes, it just it isn't L.A. And not many places are like L.A. That's why it is stands alone in the entertainment industry. But yeah, you know, I accidentally ended up here. I was flying out here like once every couple weeks as a senior in high school and everybody went on to college after we graduated i didn't even apply and i was working construction and then 
I was on my one of my regularly scheduled trips out here to write and just meet with people and make music. I just never ended up going back. I just had a friend who was willing to let me stay with them for as long as he could let me. We ended up all getting kicked out of that house six weeks later. It didn't last too long, but yeah, it was just by accident. One day I just was out here and decided I didn't want to go back and just never showed up to work or never did anything. Like you said that you made trips pretty regularly. Did that help with the transition of going between from Texas to LA? 1000%, 1000%. I don't know how easily I would have transitioned without that. Just because to... To a person from Marble Falls, it just seems so big. I remember my dad driving me around in like the rental car, and I was just like, how am I ever going to cover all this ground? And it was just like one step at a time. And it actually surprisingly felt more obtainable and more easier to navigate quicker than I thought it would. But without those early trips, it would have been, it would have been hard. I would have really had a stake in the ground to like chase after. You were on the show, uh, Boy Band. What was the biggest takeaway from being on that program? Yeah, with the show, I just tell people I I was really young and underdeveloped in the sense of just politicking, really. And I'd always been hot-headed growing up, and that was just like I hadn't had a scenario where I would make those kind of decisions and be able to look back at it and also not only myself look back at it, but have it, you know, judged by so many people. So I just remember the biggest thing for me was just, just seeing myself just make those mistakes and do things out of impulse and just make aggressive moves. And really, I don't even remember the show much like that. I just remember acting like a jerk on at some points and just thinking, yo, I've got to change my whole, like, attitude and stuff was it a bit of a culture shock because i know that like you performed in music but was it a bit of a culture shock to add tv on top of it as well definitely yeah because i don't know you don't really know how i didn't really know how i was acting until i saw it and i was just like like i gotta i just gotta be better it's just i was just impulsive and moving aggressive and just acting out of emotion and especially in this industry it's you got to keep your head cool and you got to move the right way and you know that was just the biggest lesson of that it was a super important lesson and now i'd like to think that i move a lot better just when talking to people and when trying to progress through this whole career was it a difficult process going from i don't know if this would be the correct term but like commercial pop to the more like edgy side of pop it wasn't difficult because i genuinely listened to just like a bunch of hip-hop and just always, always liked the grittier, harder stuff. So for me, I just didn't think that people would want to hear that from me just because of like how I look or how I am. I just thought people wouldn't buy it. But then I just started caring less about that. And that was just for me developing into my own artist more and more. But yeah, it wasn't hard because it was genuinely what I listened to and what I enjoy and what I daily I'm digesting. So it wasn't difficult. The only part that was difficult was just telling myself that people would be okay with it. Oh, I was going to say, so it's basically like you were allowing yourself to put more of your influences in your music. Exactly. That, that was, it wasn't, it was never ingenuine. I was just nervous that people wouldn't accept it because I'm just some little white kid. But yeah, that was, that was the hump I had to get over. 
And I wish I'd done it sooner. Who knows where it would be if I had uh, done that sooner. Yeah, I feel like a lot of artists are like that because they feel held back by, oh, I have to be a certain image or aesthetic or sound because that's what's going to sell or that's what my listeners or audience likes. So I don't know if they're going to necessarily jive if I go a different way. So yeah, I know that it, you hesitate a little bit whenever you're creating yeah. art and you're like, okay, can I be authentically myself if other people are going to accept it? Absolutely. No, that was my biggest thing, but I'm a risk taker, so I know it had to be done. Your record, Neighborhood, was based on your high school experience. Have listeners told you that they related to that song? Because I feel like a lot of people would. Yeah, a lot of creatives. I don't know what it is with people, artists and producers and just creatives in general. They seem to always feel a little bit hated where they come from. And I'd actually talked to a bunch of people having had that concept before uh, the song was actually written. And people were like, yeah. I don't, I don't know the reason. I think maybe, I think a lot of it has to do with people are really, and especially in like small town scenarios, people are really judgmental towards those people trying to be different and people asking so much of the world. And then it kind of makes you think that everybody thinks like that and ruins your perception. Just people who probably may even be supporting you in private or maybe not even have an opinion at all. You think everyone is against you. And I'm sure that's a lot of it. It's also probably an ego thing. Probably way less people care than you think they do. But you you chalk it up to uh, a couple of people don't like me. They must all not like me. That's one of, one of the big things it stems from. But as far as some people tell me they're related to it, yeah, a lot of creatives and other people. But that seemed to be the, the one that hit home. Yeah, for sure. Because I definitely I relate to that. Considering the fact that I as well come from like a small town. It's not really like super small, but I come from a college town. And so people here have that mentality where arts aren't really practical. And so they're like, oh, go a different route because you're not going to really support yourself as an artist or a creative. And what I like to think is, even though I'm still in, even if you're still in your small town, being a creative is still a possibility. And maybe someday I will make my way up to LA and maybe then they'll listen. It's just, it's relatable because you're like, hey, no matter what you said, I still pursued my dreams. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah, I think you hit it on the head. People don't think it's practical and they just look at you crazy. Like what, what makes you so special? Blah, 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 blah. They have this chip on their shoulder because of where they're at. I get it. I, I, I get both sides. But obviously, once you have your heart set on something, you just got to keep going. What's a dream venue you would like to perform at one day? Frank Irwin Center, for sure. Awesome. I saw Drake there in 2011 on the Take Care tour. And funny enough, he had these two openers who were completely unknown at the time. And they were ASAP Rocky and Kendrick Lamar. So it was a pretty crazy show. Imagine being unknown at the time and then blowing up to that level later on. My God. Like... No, I remember like I, I followed Kendrick Lamar at the time. He had 29,000 followers. It was crazy. And I think ASAP maybe had 100. But I, I loved Instantly connected with both of them, having saw them perform and then went and checked them out. And they were, like I said, they were Drake's openers, so they were just starting out. But that just goes to show you Drake's, his ear for talent and foresight. Wow. <laughs> Has your why for doing music changed since you started in the industry? Has my life? Oh, your why, like your reason for doing music. Has it changed since you started in the industry? Sometimes I catch myself feeling like, on some days I'm doing it for just doing it just to do it. Just going through the motions, just feeling like I have to rather than feeling like there's something to say. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But if it's anything, it's really 
just because I feel like I have to make a song that day or whatever the case may be. But I still love, like, music's my, I love music more than anything. So my love for music hasn't even tainted. Like, I don't, I'm not out here to, like, try and be famous or anything. It's really just a love for the music. But some days <clears throat> I feel like I'm, you know, just going through the motions, making a song just to make a song rather than thinking about it or taking a step back and really nailing down what I want to say. And some days I don't have anything to say and I try and force it. But as far as a whole, now the love for it's still there for sure. You entered this industry pretty young. And what would you tell other young aspiring musicians about getting their start? I just spent a lot of time like wishing and wanting. Like I just, I want like I want to be a good songwriter. I want to want to make music. Like I, I think it, for so many kids, it just seems unfeasible, but then you just get a start. And like I said, it's the same thing with that one step at a time. You, uh, you just develop. It's just, but I don't know. I just, and I, I think back to that. I'm like, why did I want to write songs for so long? Why did I want to make music for so long rather than just doing it? And it drives me crazy sometimes. But uh, yeah, I would just say to literally just, you just got to start. It just seems so hard. You don't, there's so many components. I remember thinking like, how am I going to record? Where am I going to get these equipment? Where am I going to get these instrumentals? Blah, 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 blah. How all the, so many moving pieces to making music, but you just got to start really. Exactly. Because, yeah, I think a lot of us were like, oh, what if people don't like this song that I put out? Or what if people don't like this video that I post or whatnot? And it's really just about starting. And it's how like I got started with my show as well, because I'm like, what if I get no interviews? What if I don't get to talk to anybody? But having that jump two years back, I like I'm glad I made it because I get to talk to people right. like you. It's just honestly about taking that leap of faith and telling yourself that you can do it and that it doesn't matter what people say or if they like it. It matters if you like it. No, of course. Yeah. And really the only thing I'm concerned with is just like getting better. Not even any responses could be to whatever I last put out. It could be amazing, but I'm really just trying to develop like on a talent level. That's really the only thing I'm enamored with. I'm not really enamored with being famous or anything like that. I really just want to be more talented every day. I like that. I like that. <laughs> What's the goal of yours for 2021? Hopefully we, we get back to a place where shows are safe. I would love to tour, whether it be in the summer, or end of summer. That's a big thing for me. And really, I would love to drop this project that we're sitting on right now. That's a big thing for me. Been sparse with the releases and I just, some stuff business-wise has just been getting ironed out. And we're finally, for the last few months, have been in a place where we're good to go. So... Just would like to release the project and tour it. And hopefully, I'm hoping one of the songs off that project does like a Billboard Billboard Hot 100. We're going to manifest it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to manifest. I'm going to say, hey, one of your songs is going to hit the charts. Let's do it. Let's speak let's it. Let's go. Yeah, no, let's speak it into the universe for sure. I can't believe we're here. We're at my last question for you. But if you could have coffee with anyone in music and thank them for being an influence on your career, who would it be? Yeah, it's easy. Uh, it would be Justin Bieber, for sure. All taking that back to that one video that your friend's sister saw, yeah. I'm telling you, I don't I don't even know how to explain. I wouldn't exist without him. And then, like, I tell people, even though I'm not making adjacent music to him, there's just so... There's so many positive things that he's just had on my life. And it, and it sounds crazy. And he just... He was, again, the catalyst, but he was also... The person when I turned to when 
all these people were shading me or throwing hate or bullying me in high school. I would just turn back to him and be like, he's doing it. He's young. He's, this is the vision right here. And that was my, he was my guideline. And yeah, I just can't think of him enough. And I've met him, I've met him a few times, but never in a, in a, a place where we could have a conversation. It was always out with, we got a couple mutual friends, but yeah, I never got to thank him, but it's something I think about a lot. Funny enough that you say that I think about like winning a Grammy and like literally taking my speech time to, to thank him because I wouldn't exist in this space without him. I love that. Cause honestly, I like, he's gotten a lot of shade in his career. Like there, he's gotten a lot of shade, but at the same time you watch his evolution. And to me, he just, grew as an artist like from his 1000 yeah like from his first record to his most current stuff like he just not only grew as a person he grew as an artist and i think that's so important as a creative is are you learning and are you evolving and are you changing your art because you don't want to stay stale you don't want to stay stagnant but you also you want to make sure that you where you are in the present is reflected in what you create no absolutely yeah he He's the best. And I will get the chance to thank him. And I am very much looking forward to it. I'm going to turn the floor over to you and you can tell our listener where they can connect with you on social media and where they can find your music. Yeah, of course. So you can listen to my music on all platforms, just Miles Wesley. And as far as Instagram and Twitter and all that goes, it's Miles Wesley, but with two Y's working on getting the, the extra Y out of there. For now, that's where you'll be able to find me. Wonderful. Miles, thank you so much for uh, speaking with me. I've had a pleasure speaking with you. No, thank you for having me. This is too cool. I look forward to more of these for real. Special thanks to Miles for being today's guest. What I really took away from his episode is that he was not afraid to go somewhere new for his dreams. I know it can be intimidating and scary for a lot of people, but I think the real lesson is without risk, there is no reward. To find out more about Miles, visit the links in the show notes. Popner Lounge is a two-man operation, rather I should say two-women operation. It is executive produced by Steph Pham and V. Co. V. Co. serves as the show's creative director, and Steph Pham is the show's host and editor. You can find us on social media at Popner Lounge. For an easy, convenient hub of everything Popner Lounge, visit our website, popnerlounge.com. That's it for this week. Tune in next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. I'm Steph Pham.